the sermon, keep doing good. So if you'll go to the next slide. There we go. Keep doing good. Um, keep doing good. We're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 6 through 15. Um, and then we'll review a little of this next week as we kind of go to the final benediction of the book. Uh, but this week, there's a big emphasis on doing good. And the opposite of doing good biblically, or at least in this passage, is idleness. Thanks, dude. That's awesome. Okay, I have a clicker. Let me test it. Yes, yes, it works. Okay. So the, the big major command of our passage today is in verse 13. It says, don't grow weary. Don't, don't give up, right? Don't get tired of doing good. And so I was trying to remember times in my life when I've been weary. You can maybe recall times in your life when you've become really weary in doing good, where you've wanted to quit, where you've wanted to give up. Um, you might be in one of those places right now. Um, I remember years ago, my son, who's like a big, strong man now, used to be a tiny baby. It's hard to believe. We're all babies at one time. And he was a real sick baby. Like, he, he cried a lot, screamed a lot. I guess that's paid off because now he's a singer. But he used to scream and cry all night long. And really, the only thing that could comfort him, he, he had some, some digestive issues. He was sick a lot. The only thing that could comfort him is if we were holding him and rocking him and singing over him. So I would spend hours in the middle of the night singing and rocking him and trying to get him settled down, trying to get him to go back to sleep when he was in those kind of like zero to nine months uh, ages. Um, it, was, it was hard, and I would grow weary of doing good. It was difficult. I would get very tired, sleep deprived, right? And my wife did as well, but you know, I'm self-focused here. I was just thinking about me <laughs> at the time. We both had to stay up all night with him on, on different occasions. But I can just remember being so tired and so weary and, you know, just rocking him, trying to calm him down, just swinging him back and forth. We had one of those electric swings, but he really needed us to be in, like, human contact with him, right? So I remember I thought, well, maybe I could, like, uh, fake him out and I could, I could rock him in my arms in the same rhythm as the swing, right? Like, I'd turn on the swing and I'd be, like, getting him to sleep, he was asleep, and then I'd put him in the swing at the same speed, and then I'd kind of back up, and I was like, well, I guess I got to belt him in, and I'd click it, and as soon as it clicked, he'd be like, <gasps> you know, and he'd wake up, <laughs> like, oh, no, and so I'd have to take him back out, and, you know, he'd be crying. I'd have to rock him some more. Um, that's kind of a lighthearted, well, it's not lighthearted if you have a baby right now, but for those of us that have <laughs> grown kids, it's a lighthearted illustration, right? You will, you will move past this. They'll become grown-ups that can mow the lawn for you someday, so don't worry about it, but you might be in something much more serious right now, right? You might be in the middle of something, I don't know what it is, where you're just, you're just tired of doing good. We're going to see in the text today, Paul's going to give us good reasons and encouragement to, to keep going, right? Not to give up, but to keep doing good. Now, let's read the text. It's chapter 3, verses 6 through 15. He says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness, in idleness, and not in accord with the traditions that you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example, to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat." For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary 
and doing good. That's, that's the key, that's the kind of the central command of this whole thing, right? Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't give up. Verse 14, if anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So the overarching command is don't give up, keep going, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't become idle. There's also some secondary stuff here that's a little scary for us culturally that's like, warn these people, have nothing to do with them, stay away from, you know, like these people that are sidetracked, that are disorderly, that are idle, avoid them, right? So that, that's weird. We just have to recognize that, okay, that's culturally strange for us. We have to deal with that. Um, we'll come to that as we move through it. But let me pray for us as, as we look at this today. God, we thank you for your word. We believe that you speak to us here. And Father, for those things that are obstacles for us, where there's cultural distance, where there's misunderstanding, um, help us to understand, help us to hear you. I pray that you would give us open minds. God, help us to be humble, to be listeners. And we pray that your spirit would guide us. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So as we look at the text here, um, he's saying keep doing good. And he gives us kind of three big ways that we can keep doing good. And that's by working hard, by being quiet, and then by challenging our brothers. Um, so at the beginning and the end, he talks about keep away, challenge, warn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lump all that together and deal with that in the end. But the first thing I want us to look at is the idea that we are to keep doing good by working hard. That's kind of the main command in this section, in this whole uh, passage, is to work hard. That would be the simplest way to summarize, what's the opposite of idleness? Well, the opposite of idleness is, is working hard. Now, we'll see idleness is a little more complex than that. I think the first way we understand idleness, the kind of first definition is laziness, and so the first solution to that is working hard, right? So let me reread this section again, just verses 6 through 10. Um, verse 6, again, most of that will, will push off to the end. It says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. So they're walking in idleness. As I said, first definition of that would be laziness. As he's saying, keep away from this brother, what does that mean? I'm going to push that off till the end. We'll talk about that in the end because he, he says similar things at the end of our section. But he goes on and he says, for you yourselves, verse 7, for you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle when we were with you. So now Paul's going to give, he's going to put kind of meat on the bones here, right? So this is what not idleness looks like. Verse 8, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but... With toil and labor, we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. So there are some people in this early church that, you know, we've, we've talked, they kind of were mixed up about the end times. Maybe they thought Jesus had already come somehow, or Jesus was going to come tomorrow. They were kind of mixed, about, mixed up about the end times, and apparently some people thought, well, you might have the gift of working hard and providing bread. I have the gift of uh, enjoying the bread that you've provided, right? That's kind of, <laughs> kind of the thinking some of these people had. Paul's saying that's not, that's not appropriate. You need to keep working hard. And Paul said, we gave you this example to imitate. So we understand the primary definition of idleness is laziness. It's not being responsible. It's not taking care of your own needs and living off of other people. And so he's saying the solution to that is to work hard. You, you should work hard. Christians should be a people that are marked by working hard. I've had friends over the years that have owned businesses, and one of the saddest things I've ever heard from them is 
they see it as a big red flag when someone is interviewing and, and kind of waves the Christian flag because they're like, uh-oh, does that mean they're going to be lazy and want a lot of grace from me as a boss? Right? Isn't that sad? But that often happens. And I'd say that is not a Christian work ethic, right? Christians should be the hardest working employees in the business. They should be the ones setting an example for everyone else. And so we need to understand that we should be about working hard. That's an important key of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And here Paul is saying following the example he sets. Now Paul references this idea that it's a good idea to pay your leaders, right? If you've got guys that are setting aside time to teach and to lead and to govern the church, he says that's good to pay them. That was a common first century thing. You paid rabbis, you paid teachers. Paul says that elsewhere. But it's interesting, Paul says multiple times, but I, I, I went without that payment, even though it was my right. Did you see that in the text where he says, it was my right for you to pay me, but I didn't. Why, why didn't he take payment? Because he wanted to set an example for them. We see this a lot in third world countries. It becomes really important from for missionaries or worker, gospel workers in other countries that are very poor, because what can happen where this can go wrong is you might be a missionary that's sent from America, right? And you've got these American churches paying you to go share the gospel in this other country, but in that other country where they have a very broken economy, they might see you and think, oh, to be a Christian means you magically receive money from this other country, right? And that can be very confusing. So that's why a lot of missionaries these days are learning you know what, it makes a lot more sense for me to just work as a farmer in this other country or set up a business or start a coffee shop and then share the gospel with people so I can set an example of what it looks like to work hard and be about the daily business of being a normal person, a normal citizen that loves God with my vocation by working hard, right? And so that's what Paul, that's this kind of example that Paul is setting here. He's saying, yeah, it was totally okay for me to be paid by you as your teacher, but I didn't do that because I wanted to show you what it looks like to obey Jesus. And part of obeying Jesus is working hard, having a job, right? So he set this example. Now, I want to explain a little bit. I, I said the first definition of idleness is laziness, right? So the first solution to that is working hard. There's a second definition that's a little more nuanced because technically the word means um, without order, disorderly, specifically kind of the, it's uh, on a talk toss. We get the word tactics from it, right? So it's like no tactics, uh, out of order, right? Out of alignment with the mission, like off mission, like you have a mission to do. You're called, this is our strategy, this, these are our tactics, and you're wandering off over here, right? Like I remember coaching four-year-old soccer, and one of the number one things you have to do when you're coaching four-year-olds in soccer is say, no, go that way, right? <laughs> They're going this way. They're picking flowers over here, and you're like, no, run that way, right? And, and so that's, that's kind of what the second definition is. Like idleness is not just being lazy, but it's like going the wrong direction. It's not being in alignment with the commission, the tactics, the strategies that you're called towards. Do you see that? And so the big picture is he's saying, work hard. Work hard. I gave you an example. This is what hard work looks like. But I want you to see there's something bigger than that, and that is align yourself with the mission that God has called you on, right? So, so let me show you this from the text. For one, that's just what the word means, right? You could look that up online. You could Google the Greek or whatever. But he has some other little kind of clues here. He, he talks about they're not in accord. Go back to verse 6. Idleness, not in accord with the tradition you receive from us. We've talked about this several times. Um, we have dear friends. I, I believe I have brothers in the Catholic and Eastern Orthodox tradition. I believe you can be a believer and be in those traditions, but I also believe they're just wrong about some things. And one of the things they're wrong about is saying that the traditions of their fathers is the same thing uh, uh, has the same authority as Scripture. 
And so when we hear the word tradition, we have to figure out, okay, what are they saying? Are they saying tradition means the way that you score the communion bread, right? Or what shape it is, or what kind of robe you wear? And I would say, no, that's, that's not what Paul is saying here. He's not talking about the style of robe that he wore when he preached. He's not talking about the order of the liturgy. He's talking about the tradition of the gospel of Jesus and obeying his moral law, right? The biblical tradition. So we've, we've been trying to say, this is the tradition. When he talks about the tradition they've passed on, he's saying, in accord with what we've said is the normal Christian life. And it's laid out for us here in Scripture, in this book we call the Bible. And so when Paul talks about this tradition, he's saying, you need to be in accord with what we've instructed you, right? Later on in the chapter or in this section, he'll talk about commands. Paul has apostolic authority. We believe that the prophets and the apostles wrote this book and they spoke with the authority of God, that this book is authoritative and it tells us what to do. And we believe that that stands apart from our human tradition, right? There's the biblical tradition and then there's kind of our tribal tradition, right? And so you move to another town, go find a church that obeys this tradition, but you don't have to find a church that obeys our tribal tradition, right? The church doesn't have to use the same seats as us or play the same music as us, or the preacher doesn't have, have to have the same accent or style, right? They're, those are human tribal traditions. That's different. Paul's talking here about passing on the biblical tradition. So are you living in accord with that tradition? Now, again, concrete, boots on the ground, the primary expression of that is working hard. Obeying Jesus and working hard in your everyday jobs, right? But if you're more of an abstract thinker, you can say, okay, what, what's the tradition? What's the tactics, the strategy that has been passed down here? Um, and that, I, I'd say the best two summaries of that is the cultural commission of Genesis 1, 27 and 28. There God says, I've made you in my image. Now go and have dominion, create 